I'm not saying it. Once the recording comes on, I'm like, I work in the library. Well, it's on. <laughs> yeah, pr- proper Pam in the building. Proper Pam, here she comes. <laughs> I'm like potty mouth Pam. Mm-hmm. Or Dr. Do you Ham. have your professional <laughs> down? Dr. Ham, that's my other name. Oh, Ham? Do you just really like Ham or? No, just patients of mine, for some reason, couldn't say the word p little patients and oh. they were like dr ham and then it caught on and <laughs> yeah it's very disturbing yeah. it's great <laughs> that's perfect though build a rep rep with that though yeah exactly work it work it <laughs> <laughs> well coming to you live good fighters the whole lot of connection intention and purpose i'm dr nash coming to us live is a very dear and near uh, friend, mentor, uh, second mom, Dr. Pam Jarbo. Um, yeah, we're, we're super excited to have her on today and just uh, drop in a little bit of what she's got going on and really get to just uh, have an awesome organic conversation with her. Thank you so um, much. So, yeah, of course, uh, Dr. Pam. So how we usually like to uh, start is we always, I mean, lots of times you hear somebody ask the question, oh, okay, so tell us a little about yourself. Tell us about your story. But here on the Good Fighters podcast, we actually kind of like to have you tell us about uh, what the upcoming chapters for you are looking like. Mm. You mean like for my practice? Yeah, or just just life in general for Dr. Pam. Right. Well, um, you know, I'm going to be in a salsa dancing competition. I'm just making stuff up. No. Um, You just uh, continue to impress Dr. Pam. Everything. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. I'm trying out for Cirque du Soleil. Um, So I am in practice in Massachusetts. And um, I I, I love being in practice. I've been in practice for 26 years. And I also have the privilege of being able to teach and um, in chiropractic and speak at different occasions and coach and train chiropractors and so I love all that and um I have two kids that keeps me busy and uh I love you know I love life I have great life so uh, I don't know what other magic is going to happen but I'm open to it that's what I love uh about you Dr. Pam is you are always so present and mm-hmm. I think that's a, a really huge strength especially mm-hmm. not as just a, a chiropractor but just as an amazing human being so I think that's a- what you the definitely snarky, radiate the snarky that. in me wants to go. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. Um, you know, and one thing that we always like to touch on uh, are connection, intention, and purpose. Yeah. Now, th- those are pillars to what we believe is uh, what makes a, a good fighter, something that really is fighting that good fight, not just for ourselves, but for people around mm-hmm. us and, you know, the future generations here to come. Mm-hmm. Uh, we kind of want to hear your take on what those words might mean to you. They're important words. You know, when you told me about those words, I just thought those are potent. And I will say, like, I don't consider myself a fighter, but I am. I mean, you know, I've faced so many things in life, but I definitely think of myself as a lover, a, you know, a lover of life and a lover of humanity and a person who wants to improve the human experience. Um So I think that might be an intention, you know, right there. But, you know, I think a lot about intention and uh, really deciding what it is that we want to do, because 
I was just talking to someone on a group coaching call and she was talking about how like she works, you know, internationally and she's, you know, in a different country. And the, the aesthetic of that country is that you don't do cash plans. And I was like, well, I understand, you know, but you can either react to the field or you can create the field, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so that comes from your intention, what you intend to create rather than just doing it, what other people are doing. Like you really intend to create something in one step and one brick at a time you create it. And so I think our intentions are really powerful and worth looking at and relooking at. So connection to me is like breath. You know, it's important to feel connected to myself, to spirit, to others, you know, that I work with and work for and, uh, purpose you know I think about it sometimes like what if I wasn't a chiropractor like I you know I'm so grateful that by the great accident of the universe I'm here um you know the great on purpose um speaking of purpose um but you know I just I I look at people's lives that feel empty you know and I know people who are in the later years of their life and it feels unfulfilling they worked a job and you know, but it wasn't like they knew what their purpose was. And I feel like, you know, we're very lucky to be people who are of service to humanity because it's so fulfilling and so enriching and over time, you know, super abundant. And um, they're just so many blessings. And so knowing, you know, that I do have a purpose has kept me, you know, kind of sane, (laughs) you know, in a difficult time and in many difficult times in my life, you know, just knowing that I had a laser of what I was, you know, here to do. So I love those words. And I love that you guys chose those words. Well, they kind of dropped in, not so much choice. (laughs) I like that imagery of building um, with intention. I don't even think I've ever thought of it like that. And I think that's really cool. Just to, you know, before you build something, you you oftentimes get a blueprint or you or you get plans and everything like that. So with your intentions, you can almost map out certain things that you have intention, when it, whether it's a patient that's on your table or whatnot, too. Mm-hmm. And like a blueprint, though, like I just bought a building and we rebuilt it from April to, you know, August. And we had a blueprint and then we had to like make adaptations and bob and weave. And, you know, I do think that happens a lot. And a lot of times people will be like, Oh, the blueprint was wrong. And I should abandon ship because they hit a hard moment. Mm -hmm. And there's many hard moments. And I think those also bring you back to that. Like, you know, this is where we're going. And so, um, you know, being questioning of the blueprint isn't a terrible thing, but really sticking true to the long haul that a lot of things aren't easy and they don't make you happy right away, but they're worth it. I think that's the other thing that purpose gives you is that it gets you through those things that don't feel easy and don't make you Mm. immediately happy. Well, you said you don't know if you're a fighter, but that's some fighter mentality right there for everybody Mm. to take notes. (laughs) I will pop you. No, I'm just kidding. Well, like, you know, I joke around and I say, like, it's not like I don't walk around um, wanting to pop everybody in the throat, you know, but I just want to have crystals on my rings so that I open their throat chakra when I do it because I'm a healer. You know what I mean? There you go. I'm teasing. I'm just totally teasing. You know, like, if you did, I wouldn't mind it. Okay. Well, a lot of times, like in chiropractic, you know, we'll talk and, you know, people will talk about the warrior mentality and they, it's hard to come into a culture that, you know, says there's real lemon in furniture polish, but artificial lemon in lemonade. Like it's confusing, right? That we mm. live in a world that values the artificial 
you know, where we really honor the natural and the innate. And so it's just like really confusing sometimes. And it can be frustrating that, you know, in my practice, people will say like, why would I ever choose natural childbirth? You know? And I'm just like, what? Like, I, that's so weird, you know? Yeah. But so it's hard, you know, to be a person that is counterculture, you know, and, um, but it's also easy, you know, and that's again, your purpose. And, and it's easy to be the light and to be the person that's creating the wave rather than reacting to the wave. So, yeah. Um, you know, I think the word fight has a, I mean, it obviously has a negative connotation to it a lot of the time, mm-hmm. but I, I also think that that level of, um, like there's a level of conflict that's just inherent in our own physiology with innate and universal forces and that concussion mm-hmm. of forces. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, right. And without that interaction between two opposing ideas or even just the ability to make that, that type of decision, we wouldn't have the ability to even exist at all. Right. So. Like BJ Palmer said, conflicts clarify. Yeah. But yeah. also <clears throat> I wouldn't want to assume that because we're having a conflict that it's a fight yeah but i will fight you no i'm just kidding (laughs) Um, (laughs) but what i what i was gonna say is like you know i remember listening to this uh environmentalist and i'm blanking on his name right now carl somebody but um you know he was talking about like on his deathbed um you know or someone was talking about him on his deathbed you know everybody's like do you feel like you failed you know because he fought for the environment his whole life and then you know things are in the in the pot and it's not happening and he's like look if you're going to do this and you're going to fight for the environment do it because you love it mm-hmm. so i think that's a part that also like your intention and your purpose has to be super clear because it can get murky where you're so angry at the things you know that aren't what you want them to be that you that that's draining and I'm seeing it with a lot of my chiropractor friends who are like, I'm tired. Like, this is hard. And so you have to really, it's such a fine line. It's like walking a tightrope when you really keep focusing on what you're for, what you're for, what you're for. Because there's a lot that is, there's a lot that is worthy of being angry about. There is a lot that is worth fighting, but we have to be careful about where we put that energy because you want to focus on creation. I think that's what I want. You know what I mean? Like, what am I creating? because I could fight all this stuff and burn myself out and I'm not creating what I want to create. That's incredible. What do you, what? It's a wrap. We're done. Is there something that, (laughs) that you look at each day that motivates you or, or what keeps that passion going for you? Um, In the mirror. That's a good one though. That's solid. Sugar, sugar. (laughs) Uh, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm sorry. I drank too much caffeine. I apologize. Um, So, um, I mean, I don't read the same thing every day, but I do. I am an avid reader. I love books. And when I was growing up, books were my best friends. And, you know, I just had a rough time, you know, so I love books. But, um, you know, I also like really seek to, I meditate and I spend time in nature. But I also want to just say like, for many years, you know, I had coaches that were like, you need to do a morning routine. You need to get your head on right. And I had two kids. I had a kid while I was in chiropractic school, which is not easy. I've always been a person that doesn't like, I just take on things. I've been on boards in chiropractic and I, you know, I'm running two companies. So sometimes, you know, I get up and I'm just going you know, Mm. but there's always a time in the day where I get quiet and I get centered and, um, 
you know, and, and do that. But I would say most of my work in regards to what you're talking about happened at a much earlier age, you know, where I was getting my own clarity and my own sense of self. That's not, that's something that's hard earned, you know, you can see it in people's faces, you know, so yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, there's not a regular routine, I would say. I've gone through yeah. times in my life where I had like a checklist of stuff that I wanted to do to keep myself centered right. by reading and praying and meditating and spending time in nature and, you know, doing the supplements. And, you know, I just had a checklist of like, this is, you know, your requirement to do the things you're going to do today. Um, but I would say it's less so now it's like show up, especially for me anyway, in the pandemic, it's a whole new experience and practice and in life. And I'm just of service. And it's kind of like flying down an avalanche. It requires a different level of thinking. You're not planning. You're just like, do this, now do that. <laughs> so right. it's just different. That's awesome. I love what you how you uh, put that as like flying down an avalanche because like there is no like stopping to like try and like slow the avalanche. You, you gotta no. uh, just mm -hmm. ride it, you know? Yeah, there's no there's when you're going down an avalanche you're not like okay wait let me figure this out right. <laughs> you can't right or it's similar thing i think about like when you're going for a hike in the woods and you haven't been on the trails before it it makes you instinctual much more instinctual mm -hmm. whereas like at other times in my life i've been i'm like you know i have a google docs problem that my friends make fun of i'm a checklist person you know i just mention that I love structure but like there's times where it's like all that goes out the window and you just need to rely on your senses and expanding your ability to pay attention yeah that's huge yeah um one thing that we have talked about before is really trying to not just impact our our members in our practice but our community and really not just through us but you know through the um through our practice itself, like uh, as business members, we've talked about before as uh, small business alliances and whatnot. And mm -hmm. I was kind of curious if that has, you know, changed how that looks for you now with uh, the last 20 months being uh, a part of the pandemic and kind of what that looks like going forward. How can we be more mm -hmm. proactive in um, having mm -hmm. this environment built that people are confident that there's support in their community, not just that they're on their own as a small business? That question like has me pause for a second because it feels ginormous, you know. Sorry. The, no, it's okay. It's you know when a, when the pandemic first started, I remember walking around my neighborhood and just feeling the breath of what was happening, the breath, meaning like the depth of it. The you know, and I'd walk around my neighborhood and I kind of you know was I'm a little bit snarky sometimes. That's one of my ways of dealing, and so I was like you be gone, you be gone. Like just kind of like pointing to the <laughs> companies that I was like, there's no way that these people are going to make it. And um, I mean, it was just, I, I really just couldn't see how people were going to get through it. And there are times where I still feel that way. I just, you know, talk to my, my, you know, neighbors and people in restaurants and they can't get help and everybody's a day drinker. And, you know, it's just like a really wild time, you know? So <laughs> It is. And so I remember like at some point I just couldn't deal with how hard it was for everybody because everybody, I'm a person that people will often turn to when things are hard. So I was like getting overloaded and I did, decided, okay, my, my hashtag for this time is hashtag duck and cover, just go home. Because, you know, you would just say boo to somebody and they'd be like, boo, you really mean boo? Like, I'm like, I, I don't know what I just said <laughs> that offended you. I just got to go. <laughs> um, so I felt like the way for my business to manage this 
was for me to quietly continue doing what I do in a really deep and you know promising way but not in a way that waved flags and taunted things or you know I just just wanted to stay steady and stay the course but what I found was my neighbors weren't in the same place like people are in such different places in their own reality and it wasn't nurturing for me or helpful for them for me to get involved like I wasn't going to make a difference where I could make a difference is with chiropractors and with the patients who wanted what I had to offer so I just again that's another way of like I could fight all those things or I could block them and stay focused on what I wanted to create so a lot of my clients you know when we would talk about these kind of conversations people grew in the pandemic which is extraordinary people did really brave things like you Nash you know opening in a pandemic and moving to a new city and dealing with all the things you had to deal with. It's incredibly brave and definitely not easy. You know, you have to juggle a lot of plates and it's all new and you have to create everything new, every form, every, everything, you know, and, and it's not easy to get help and you did it. Like, so I think when you stay focused on what you want to create, it can be really helpful. And, but as far as my neighbors go, that's, it's a more challenging thing. I want to help people. And I I have a lot of people who come to me and are entrepreneurs and they're on the table. And I just like one of the conversations I was having with somebody recently is like, I don't think you realize how much of a toll this has taken on your body. And I I say that to even my chiropractor friends, because we think we're Mm. like, you know, it's different for us, but we're still living in this soup, you know, it's affecting us. So Um, My role, I think, in all of that is to just support people on that one-on-one basis and help them, but I don't really wave a flag and create a movement and start a group. It's just not where I'm at right now. I just need to help people one person at a time. So, Mm. yeah, I don't know if that really answers that question as well as I could, but it's confusing. especially where I live, like people are really scared and really shut down. and you know, I used to try to talk to people and talk to them about offense and defense, you mm. know, that like, it's okay to think about your immune system in more than one way, like rather than saying masks are, you know, a bad thing. I'm like, wearing your mask is a good idea. I can see why you would want to do that. And also what else is possible? Like that was an easier thing. If I could find a place and just agree with a choice and then move them into another thing that was helpful. So you know, I felt like what I really wanted to do was help people to trust me that I wasn't in opposition to them and to trust their bodies in whatever little tiny increments they could learn to do so. So meet them where they're at. Yeah. You know, I mean, I meet them where they're at and then try to help stretch them into their two-pointer version that happens in coaching and it happens in practice and happens with my family, you know, like it doesn't help to start a conversation with how different we are, you know, because on so many levels, we are the same. We all want our loved ones to be well and to prosper. And, you know, we all want happiness and we want peace and, you know, like all of us want that for ourselves. So there's a place where as humanity, we are all connected and we are, we do have a lot that is in common and we have these similar differences, but they don't have to be the thing that makes it impossible. But I would say like, I'm, I don't think it's impossible for me to be around certain members of my family, but right now, probably not something I'm going to seek out all the time. Cause it's not, it's not super wonderful. 
and nurturing. Mm. And like, if I can't help move them to a 2.0 version, I can just from afar be like, Hey, I love you. You know, hang in there. It's not easy. I can agree on that. Like I'll say to somebody, somebody will come in and they'll be all flipped out, you know, <laughs> because that's their reality. And I'm in Massachusetts, somebody like I know it's really hard. Like for me inside, I'm thinking it's really hard to deal with the level of intensity that you're bringing, <laughs> but you know, they, they hear it differently, but it settles them that somebody is hearing them and understanding them. And, you know, I have a very different experience, but I don't have to launch that and vomit it all over them because that's not going to be helpful in that moment. But there are moments where I do think it's important to deliver, uh, you know, that like contrary thought, you know, like to say, well, you know, the majority of people can adapt to this, you know, and so that's important. And why don't we talk about how can you adapt to it? What can make it helpful? And that's, you know, been really helpful just to ask questions to help them to get to their own place, you know, of knowing. I, I love that because we've, we've talked about uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson a little bit before. Um, yes. I don't know if and yeah, one of know. his rules of life are above all else, tell the truth. And it's it's really figuring out ways that we can continue to tell the truth and not have to, you know, um, have that form of conflict that shuts somebody down to even hearing exactly. what we're saying. And I, Look, I think you know, that's right. I love the idea of tell the truth. But the, the if I spoke everything that I thought, it would be troubling. So there's a podcast I listened to years ago. I, I always remember it. The guy was talking about like the truth. And he said, you know, there are five things that I consider before I tell the truth. Is it necessary? Is it kind? Is it helpful? Is this the time to share it? That's the big no that I get a right. lot of times when I check in. I'm like, is this the time for me to share that thought that's going to help them to make cross the bridge. Sometimes there's a time to comfort and sometimes there's a time to challenge. And I just try to walk that tightrope. So is this the time to bring up this truth? And is this person open to hearing this truth? And those are his five questions. It was a spiritual, you know, Buddhist conversation podcast. And I just like wrote that down in my journal and kind of clung to it every time I was thinking because I like to I grew up in a household where there was a lot of things under the table and things weren't said and it created a feeling of ickiness for me because I'm very sensitive and intuitive and I just always felt like you know I tried I had to work extra hard to find out what the truth was so I was a person that I'm going to speak the truth no matter what but that isn't always helpful. It's a really good idea to figure out what gear to get into in any conversation, right? And I want it to be fifth gear, you know? And, um, you know, it's a nice idea to think about, is it helpful? Is it kind? You know, is it necessary? Is this the time? And will this person be willing to hear it? And one thing I've also learned, especially with certain family members, is when I ask that question, will this person be willing to hear it? I know for sure that they're not. And I'll ask for a sign, like, show me. And then a person will come to me and say, hey, I've been meaning to ask you, do you have any information about this? And then I know, like, okay, they're willing to hear it. But they had to come to me. And if I had shoved it down their throat, we would have lost the relationship. I would have lost the opportunity, you know, to actually make a difference. So. I think that's a very important truth, though, in and of itself. You know, if you are battling the truth, it's not a battle of the truth, but you have to meet them where they're at, where they can comprehend it. And while I don't think that also didn't diminish your truth and what you believe as well. So you didn't, it's not like you openly lied about anything like that as well. So yeah, I think that's important as well. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. You as an individual weren't like, Oh, maybe I should 
compromise everything I have ever no. believed in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you didn't do that. It doesn't obviously. have to be like that. Yeah. Right. So I think that's really cool, a cool way of going about it, recognizing, hey, the truth is that, yeah, you believe what is the truth. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, their truth is they are not ready for it. So I went to like this, a, yeah, I went to this retreat this past weekend and I walked in and this girl was there and she was like, I'm trying to figure out how to do things. You know, do people need me to wear a mask and in my family? And she accelerated whatever the moment was into every other experience she's had anywhere. And, you know, it was kind of intense, you know, her family, she feels like they don't want her to be around. And, and I just sat with her for a few minutes and I held her hand, you know, and I just said, I know, like, again, I'm sorry, it's so hard. Like that conversation bridges so much, you know, because, you know, it's a different conversation, but it's the same sentiment. I'm so sorry. It's so hard for you. And then we started to talk a little bit about it. And what I was saying is like, if that's your narrative in your head all the time, you're going to be in wicked defense and you're going to create a lot of distance between you and everybody. If you can learn to hold it lightly. Right. So we're like, I have this truth and I want to fight everybody in order to get my truth. But if you could hold it lightly and know that the truth always rises, that is Mm. something if you really think about it over the arc of time, you know, the truth always rises. So you can just rest easy knowing it's, I mean, I say rest easy. I'm tired. It's not always easy, Mm -hmm. but I hold it lightly thinking like it's going to come, you know, people are more awake now because they've been in pain. Mm -hmm. So they're more interested in listening because they've been in pain. So if I say to somebody, Hey, your health affects everyone, you know, and everything you do, they're like, that is so true. And I used to say that for 26 years in practice. And people (laughs) were like, you know, yeah so. it's hard to be asleep when you're when you're in pain yeah you know? it's hard to be asleep when you're in pain so i i've been saying to chiropractors i think there's an opportunity here that if we could stop focusing on the fact that we're so different and really be like hey we're different this is a moment you know we might be helpful to the people who are been in enough pain to think about like well what else is possible it doesn't have to be that one is right and one is wrong because that might be too big of a leap for them mm. you know so i think it's a very unique standpoint on connection like we touched on before that in and of itself is enables you to bridge that gap and then you have a completely different conversation that opens way more doors for them mm-hmm. at the end of the day in terms of them being able to then progress forward and be like okay maybe i'm not ready for natural birth but maybe i'm ready for something closer to that you right. know like, so if somebody says that to me, like, oh, I would ever want to do that. I might just like gently say like, well, a lot of people do want to do it. Why do you think they do? Like, just mm. instead of being judgmental and, you know, shoving mm. stuff down people's throat. I think when we get into that place, it's more about us that mm. we want to be right. And we view this as right and wrong. And yeah. that, that right away sets us up in opposition and can create distance. Whereas if we just assume my job is to be helpful in this moment. I was invited here. There's an intelligence to the fact that we're both here at this table having this conversation. And so I don't look at like, oh, I have to download everything I ever knew. Sometimes I'll say to somebody, it's really hard for me. Like, I'll just pause for a second. It's, It's really hard for me to download 26 years of information and experience with you right now so i'm just thinking about it for a second and that also gives them pause right there's a lot behind the question you're asking me and it may not be black and white 
And so I just want to think about that for a second and ask you, like, why are you asking the question? And, you know, what is just start asking questions in order to get more out of them instead of assuming I call it ex accelerating when we accelerate, like, oh, this person will never get it. This person is just like so and so we accelerate sometimes in our mind instead when you ask questions you actually bring forth what's really here not what's in your mind in your experience kind of like that woman that i was talking to she was like bringing everything into the moment mm. it had nothing to do with that time you know that where we were was really gentle about how people were and there was a lot of choice you know conversation whereas not every place has that but she couldn't even be present to what the conversation was because she was flipping about everything else that she's ever experienced so yeah I think that shows how much healing we actually need as a country, not just mm -hmm. in the in the obvious of like obesity mm -hmm. and different things like that, but mm -hmm. healing from events like that where mm -hmm. we can become so triggered on you know both so sides triggered. of the aisle, no matter who you right. are. Yeah, like I would say boo, and people would be like, "What do you mean by boo?" And I'm like, mm. "Okay, I gotta go." Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I, it's not that I don't want to have a conversation that is a, a crucial conversation you know, or a fierce conversation, I will, but not under those circumstances where someone is, you know, just looking for a place to vomit. That's not interesting yeah. to me. I don't really feel like being the target of somebody's bring you down too. Yeah. I don't, it's, it's not helpful. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I wanted to just say, I really love talking to you. This has been a really great conversation and, um, but I, I have people that are waiting for me. So of course. Sure. Yeah. You got to serve um, them up. Sorry. Dr. Pam, can you do us one last little favor and let us let the listeners know where the, and how they can contact you? Sure. Um, I always want to make a joke and say, like, most <laughs> people can find my information on the bathroom wall. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> really. so um, I am a chiropractor in Acton, Massachusetts, and my practice is called Community Chiropractic of Acton. So you can do the Mr. Google. And I also provide a service for chiropractors where I do coaching and speaking and trainings and that you can find me on www.chirobloom.com. Beautiful. Well, Dr. Pam, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you um, very much. Yeah. appreciate you guys. Thank you for all you're doing to improve the human experience. It's no small thing. Thank you, Dr. Pam. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, good fighters, you heard it here. Uh, Dr. Pam Jarbo, you know where to find her. And man, uh, Dr. Gates, what a what a conversation, um, dude. She's uh, uh, talk about mindset shift. Yeah, <laughs> when like she's just uh, she does it all, man. She really is just so balanced and so well rounded, mm. and just uh, uh just, uh, she just always brings me back to like an even like keel of you know, my vibration and what I'm, you know, where I'm at for the day. If I'm like running real high, yeah. kind of does a really good job. It kind of bring me right back to where I need to be. And also if I'm kind of low, it picks me right back up too. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's, you know, with uh, what we do, it's, I, I find the best place to be is at that even keel space because you don't know when somebody's coming in, if they're going to be high or low. And if somebody's right. high and you meet them high, that might not be what they need for the day, right? That might send them over the top. Yeah. And if, if somebody's low and you're really high, that, you might not, that gap might be too much to even like be able to connect with that person. Um, I think, so I just, I think, it, yeah, go ahead. You can finish that yeah, thought. All I was going to say is I just think that 
uh, for me, a lot of the time I found that being at that, you know, neutral state of uh, just presence and acceptance is just very, very beneficial for my ability to just listen and connect. Yeah. I think that even, even in that mentality too, you know, when we're outside of homeostasis, we're not balanced. We're not even killed. We're, we're far outside the stretches of physiology to the point where we can be in that diseased state. And we ourselves, if we want to replicate balance in our office, we want to replicate um, that healing capacity in every single person that we touch, which I know that you and I both want that, those vibrations and that even kill attitude can help us too to not, I mean, because being a chiropractor, like she said, in today's time is very, I mean, it, <laughs> the stuff that's going on, we can get really ticked off at very easily, right? Um, yep. And not to say that that's necessarily wrong either, but I think it's it's one of those moments where it's like, okay, if I want to match somebody's vibration and bring them closer to homeostasis, how can I do that if I'm at one end of allostasis and they are at the other? We 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 got to be in the middle, and I got to be that um, almost like that the, the Google Maps, you know, bring them back. Have that, so yeah, having that uh that direction, yeah. One thing that I like, though, too, is your concept of vibrations. And I think it's, I don't know if it's vibrations or sound waves or how, I can't remember. But if you have one vibration that's going a certain wavelength and then you have another, they eventually meet. They eventually come into contact with each other, um, which I think is a really cool visualization. And, and I don't even, I might have to like pop in a clip to show how that works. But yeah, yeah. Um, visualization of two people coming together and be like, okay. Let's let's ride through life together, being good fighters. You know, they uh, they resonate. We got each other's back either way. Yeah, they resonate and fi- they find harmony within each other because the harmony. They, exactly. Yeah, they harmonize, and like it's similar to you know, different orchestras having different tones and pitches of like instruments and, and vocalists. That like, yes, they are different like falsettos or uh, I forget what the other end is, but. You know what I'm saying? Where you have somebody that's a real yeah. bass voice or a really high treble, but like they're one in the same note, right? So like, yeah. um, I think one thing that a lot of people don't realize is that our our brains are always emitting frequency, right? It's the, it's the greatest piece. Of, uh, it's, a, it's basically an antenna for our entire body. And when we're constantly, you know, consuming things like uh, on, on our supercomputers on our on our cell phones that are putting us in this consistent state of a certain way of frequencing yeah um that's a really important thing to connect with with somebody and yeah. at least uh connecting those dots and having somebody else understand hey um this isn't just some small thing looking at your phone all day long like what are you really putting into your mind yeah. you gotta limit the static yeah to have a good conversation to have a good meeting point yeah, dude. I, I, I mean, even understand what, how long do we talk? 15 minutes, 20 minutes, feel calmer and like, yeah, more able to reflect on, okay, what ways can I go through conversation wise differently or, or even the people that come through the door, you know, that reflection is key. Like, okay, let me just pause a second. How am I going to respond to this? Kind of like when we talked back with Dr. Chase and he references like, don't you get it? Don't you get it? Don't you get it? And if you 
you know, don't go check out uh, season two, episode five. And not trying to force it so much as, as being like, okay, this is what you're coming with. This is what I know to be true. Let's make your life more fulfilled on this journey to wellness, on this mm-hmm. journey through life, you know, and and not so much of a progressive mentality, which is very easy to get into right now. <laughs> it is. And that's almost like an intention of somebody else outside of, uh, you know, our even realm of people that we know. Um, We are getting down to our last minute, Dr. Gates. I think it's a good place to to end today. Uh, You know where to find us at the underscore good underscore fight underscore errs at DC underscore national underscore T and Gates. You know what it is, bro. Drop it for him. Gates Mayor underscore DC fight club. Yeah, baby.